and good to see you all. You can turn in your scriptures to Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Um, so I have a question for the kids in the congregation, and that is this. Do you still play hide and seek? Um, it's a pretty fun game. I have to say, I still play hide and seek. It's one of my favorite uh, household games. Um, at a family gathering on New Year's Eve, a few of us played a good old round of hide and seek. And the finder in this case was my four-year-old niece. And when the finder is that age, you have about four or five seconds to find your hiding spot before they declare it's time to, it's, it's the day of reckoning. And so, um, but I'm pretty experienced in this game. And so I did find a pretty good hiding spot within that window of time. And she came looking and it was, it was such a good hiding spot that she actually didn't find me at first. And so she went off looking for others. I think she found maybe one or two others. Um, but then she forgot that I was hiding. And, and so I started making noise. And, um, and so uh, she heard the noise and she was like, maybe, maybe you got to find me, maybe not. But in the end, like she never found me. And I realized like, you know what, when I'm hiding, I actually want to be found. I want to be found. I, I want to not be found at first. I want you to look really hard. But I, re I love that moment where there's joy and delight and cheers and screaming when you find the person that you've been looking for for a long time. Now, um, now, in many ways, in a more profound way, in a more serious way, Jesus Christ is hidden from the human heart and hidden from the world at large. He's not visible by conventional standards in a, in a way that you or I would be visible in a, in a human body. Though he is the king of glory, he's also quite humble and modest. And out of love for us and out of mercy for us, he does not reveal himself in his full majesty and glory. He would overwhelm us. But he does want to be found. In fact, the process of finding him prepares us to see him. Jesus Christ wants to be sought out by, by you and me. He wants to be seen by people who are searching for him. And our gospel reading is all about people who follow the signs laid out by the Father and seek after Jesus to find him. When they find him, they're filled with overwhelming joy. It's a life-changing experience for them, for anybody who seeks out and finds Jesus. The journey of the, the Magi, the wise men from Matthew 2 is our journey as well, to seek out Jesus in order to see him. And when we do, to know the joy and delight and wonder. And I, I want to invite everyone this year in 2023 to seek out Jesus Christ as diligently as the Magi did. Um, so to that end, let's consider four signs that God the Father uses to reveal his son, Jesus Christ. Whether you're new to the Christian faith or a longtime follower of Jesus or maybe a non-religious skeptic, Jesus Christ wants to be found by you this year. So let's look at the first sign, which is a supernatural event. Matthew 2, verses 1 and 2. Let's look there together. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men, from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose 
and have come to worship him. Now, these wise men of the East, they watched the stars all the time. That was their practice. That was the way that they found meaning in the world. And as they watched the sky, they saw a wonder. They saw a miracle. They identified the rising of a star that they associated with the king of the Jews. And even in our text, we see that this is no ordinary star. This is no ordinary rising because um, it got them moving. Perhaps you've been to a wedding where the bride enters the room and she's adorned in an elegant wedding gown. She's poised, she's radiant. She causes everyone to stand when she enters the room. And it thrills everyone's heart to see that the bride adorned in all of her glory. Now, for the Magi, it must have thrilled their heart to see a star so beautiful and, and, and mysterious and symbolic because it galvanized them to stand on their feet and begin a weeks-long pilgrimage to know more. They wanted to know the person to which the star was pointing because his beauty would, would far surpass this star that they saw. And verse 9 tells us that the star guided them directly to Jesus' residence in Bethlehem, which is a supernatural act of God. Stars don't do that normally. This star did. Um, in fact, this isn't the only supernatural event in Matthew 1 and 2 alone. If you study these two chapters, you'll find that many supernatural events happen, including five dreams from heaven involving angels or heavenly messages. Four of them come to Joseph alone. So signs and wonders, supernatural events, would play a key role in helping people see the glory of Jesus. This is one of the primary ways in Jesus' ministry that the Father revealed Christ's glory. For instance, when he grew up, his first miracle was turning water into wine at a wedding in Cana. People saw his glory through that, John says. When he was baptized and the Father declared him the Son from heaven, his identity was revealed. When Jesus Christ was raised from the dead after being crucified, people saw his power and his victory. These are all supernatural events. The Father used them then, and you know what? He uses them now. Um, I hear about supernatural events most often from three different groups. Um, first of all, those who have not yet trusted Jesus for salvation, but are open, like the Magi, or like the people that Jesus healed in his earthly ministry. The second group that I hear about most often are those who are going through a great trial, like Peter in prison in Acts 5, or John, um, who is in prison on the island of Patmos in Revelation. The third group is that those who are being called into a work of advancing the gospel, like a church plant or a missions team. You can read a story like this in Acts 9 as Paul meets a miraculous, uh, miraculously revealed Jesus. Now, in many um, Arabic or Farsi-speaking countries in our day, people value dreams as a source of guidance. And in our day, um, many, many people, so many, it's, you can't even count them all, are having dreams from these countries about Jesus Christ, and all of them are unique and personal. I heard about a family from Kurdistan. One night, everyone in the household had the same dream. And it was a dream that they should, as a family, cross the river that was near their residence 
to find living water. They all woke up and they're like, I had this dream that we were supposed to cross the river and that when we did, we would find living water. I had the same dream. I had the same dream. Everybody in the household had the same dream. Guess what they did? They crossed the river. And after they crossed the river, someone approached them with the Bible. They took that Bible with them. They eventually found their way to Europe for further discipleship in Jesus Christ. Supernatural events also happen in the West. I heard about a rugby player from the UK who was in prison for violence. He had assaulted people and, he, and uh, eventually he was in solitary confinement for assaulting fellow prisoners. He hit rock bottom. He was on the verge of suicide. He dropped to his knees and he said, God, if you are real, I need you to show yourself to me. Um, I need you to put a, a, a white dove outside my prison window. Uh, I'm, I'm about to commit suicide. He ends the prayer. He goes to bed. He wakes up. He looks out the window. There's a white dove. Tears of joy flooded him, washed away the tears of despair. Um, and uh, he was never the same. So for the Magi, it was the star that got them moving, but it wasn't enough. See, the supernatural events are never enough for us to find Jesus. And they're never guaranteed. Supernatural events are designed to lead us to the second sign, which is the scriptures. The scriptures. Let's look in verses three through six of our text here. When Herod the king heard this, that they wanted to worship Jesus, that he was born, the king of the Jews, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling the high priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. The scriptures reveal Jesus Christ to us, to the Magi. Um, for them, it was the prophet Micah who explained where Christ was to be born. Now, most people who have these dreams about Jesus report him speaking words of scripture. And it leads them to want to know, where do these words come from? I need to know more. Um, for instance, one reported him saying, I am the Alpha and Omega. They had never heard that before until they, until they had that dream. They found a pastor who explained to them, this comes from the book of Revelation where they learn more about Jesus. Now for the rugby player, the white dove confirmed the existence of God and his love, but Alan continued, this rugby player continued to seek God. He read the gospels that declared Christ's sacrifice on the cross. And so then he knew where all of his anger could go, then he could pray a prayer giving all of his anger to Jesus Christ who, who gave his life for, for him. And that night he said he slept more peaceful than any other night in his entire life because he had now received the peace of Christ through the Holy Spirit. The scriptures reveal Jesus Christ. This was God's intention. This is God's intention. The history of Israel reveals Jesus Christ. The laws of Moses reveal Jesus Christ. The Psalms, the prophets, the gospels, the epistles, the apocalyptic books like Daniel and Revelation, you know, they reveal Jesus Christ as well. The Bible, uh, it weaves a tapestry of Jesus Christ, his identity, his mission, his love, and his glory. 
Starting next week, we're going to study the prophets Haggai and Zechariah, who were prophets given to Israel after they came back from exile. And I've just been enthralled studying and reading these prophets and how they prefigure, reveal, and give us a rich picture of the mission of Jesus. And so we're going to study those this epiphany and Lent. But don't content yourself with word and sacrament on Sundays. This is good. This is right. Devote yourselves to it. But beyond Sundays, Monday and Tuesday and on through the week, let's study the scriptures together. Let's devote ourselves to the Bible in 2023. Um, Let's study it diligently as part of our daily routine. I've decided that I'll be studying the Gospel of Matthew this spring. Maybe that's a book that you'll study too. Um, I don't know if any of you watched the World Cup this year. Anyone watch the World Cup? Pretty amazing World Cup. You know, this was the first World Cup I really ever got into in my life. Um, and uh, we had family visiting for Thanksgiving, including my brother-in-law, Josh. And we watched many of the games together that were happening over the week of Thanksgiving. Now, Josh has watched many World Cups. He's been playing soccer and watching soccer his whole life. And so as we watched Portugal play Ghana or England play the United States, he would point things out that I would otherwise miss. He would be like, well, this is, this is why this is happening. Hey, this is like the first half. They're feeling each other out. It's like a boxing match. They're not quite going for the punches just yet. It's like, oh, okay, that's why there's no score. Um, <laughs> he would explain decisions by the refs. He would explain different, uh, different movements and moments. And as a result, I enjoyed the games more, uh, more than I would have otherwise. Maybe he didn't because I was asking him so many questions. Now, as we study the scriptures with interest, do you know that we have the Holy Spirit as our guide? He's an expert on Jesus Christ. And he's an expert on the scriptures because he inspired them. He's known Jesus for all of eternity and he shares the Godhead with him. And he is keenly interested on revealing Jesus Christ to each one of us. The Holy Spirit has a passion for this. And so as we open the scriptures to discover Jesus, we ask the Holy Spirit to reveal Jesus to us. And and yes, we use commentaries and, and inductive Bible study methods. These are all good and important. Yet in all these things, we ask for the Spirit's guidance. So as you open the scriptures, can you ask the Holy Spirit questions? Yes, you can. Here are some examples. Holy Spirit, what are some things that you want me to see about Jesus Christ that will change my life? Or Holy Spirit, is there a scripture that you want me to share with someone in my life to encourage them and to build them up? Or what about this? Holy Spirit, would you give me a daily appetite and hunger for scripture? Would you sweeten the taste for me. We can ask the Holy Spirit for any of these things. He'll answer our prayer. And so even now I just pray, Holy Spirit, reveal Jesus Christ to us as we study the scriptures this morning and throughout all of 2023. Show us Christ in our city groups, in the prayer closet, around the dinner table, or anytime we open the scriptures in Jesus' name, amen. So back to the Magi. The story is going to take an interesting turn. They've had a supernatural event. They've had the scriptures. And now what will they have? Verse seven. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. 
And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I may too come and worship him. Herod wants to find Jesus, not to worship him, but to slaughter him. Herod is a wicked, insecure king who feels threatened by the birth of Jesus. And he's hatched a devious plan for the Magi to get to Jesus so that he can snuff out his life. Yet even this action contributes to the Magi seeking Jesus, which helps us know the third way that the Father often reveals his son Jesus is opposition. Through God's sovereignty, even enemies of Jesus tend to reveal Jesus. Herod gave up Jesus' childhood dwelling place to the Magi, helped them get to him. Herod ended up contributing to worship. The wicked authorities who crucified Jesus revealed his great plan to be the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. After Jesus was resurrected, the persecuted Christians in uh, the persecution of Christians in Jerusalem, what happened? They scattered throughout the Roman Empire with the seeds of the gospel and with word and sacrament infused by the Holy Spirit. They went everywhere spreading the gospel. God uses setbacks. He uses enemies. He uses conflicts. He uses persecutions to reveal the power and the glory of Jesus Christ. Okay, so here's another question for the kids. All right. Do you sometimes wish you could see the stars in Chicago like you can outside of Chicago? Isn't it kind of a bummer that it's like you look up and you see the satellites, but you don't see those junky stars shining brightly like you could if you were in the Montana skies? Other places? We've got a little bit too much light going on in here, kind of not the starry light, but the artificial light, right? Light pollution. It doesn't get dark enough at night to see the stars. And this is something that we experience in our natural world, which is that certain mysteries become visible only in the darkness. The stars, the moon, the twinkling fireflies even, the northern lights. Here's a truth in the, in the, in the uh, spiritual world that we should grapple with. Jesus Christ often shines more brightly to us in the darkness of suffering. And anyone who has suffered and walked with Jesus can tell you that that's true. Sometimes the darkness comes from an opponent of, the, uh, of Jesus or an enemy of the gospel like Herod. Now, this is important. God doesn't cause the darkness. No darkness comes from him but he does use it as a backdrop to display the dazzling brilliance of his perfect and spotless son. C.S. Lewis once wrote this. You may have heard this before. God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pain. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Would you like to see Jesus Christ and all his brilliance this year? Really see it? Well, one way to do that is to identify yourself with him to people who do not acknowledge him as Lord. You can do this humbly and plainly, as simple as, I'm a Christian, I follow Jesus Christ. Or I'm a part of a local church, Emmanuel Anglican, or whatever church you're a part of normally. My faith is very important to me. 
It, or it could be just a very simple testimony. Yeah, I actually used to struggle with anxiety. And then I found um, peace and purpose and, and uh, wholeness of heart by, um, by actually giving my anxiety to Jesus and finding that he's a friend to me. Now, this has two purposes. Number one, it gives them, people who don't go to church, don't know Jesus, a positive example of a Christian. Most people don't know a Christian. Or if they do, they don't know they're a Christian. But, but if you tell them that you're a Christian, it's going to be good, right? I mean, it'll be like awesome. Be like, wow, they're a Christian? No, it's important for them to have a real human example of someone who follows Jesus. Otherwise, all they get are the caricatures. Second purpose, it gives you a chance to be a distinct light in a spiritually contested space. And as we do this, we find that Christ's light in us becomes more distinct and tangible. Now, the Magi search for Christ, you know, it was a bit of a dangerous journey because it led them into the pit of Herod's courts and he tried using them to murder Jesus. Our search for Christ this year may lead us through some stormy waters or deep valleys. We might find that it is contested and opposed, but it is Christ who says, take heart, it is I, don't be afraid. The darkness, whatever we encounter in this world, the darkness of this world cannot help but reveal the light of the world. Now, the Magi have been following the signs as they have been laid out. Supernatural event of the star, the scriptures from the prophet Micah revealing the birthplace, opposition um, from Herod, who gave them the green light to go to Bethlehem. But you know what? They haven't yet seen Jesus with their eyes yet. They're still on the quest. They're still on the journey. There's one more sign to go. We pick up the journey in verse nine. After listening to the king, the Magi went on their way and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy and going into the house, verse 11, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. They, then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Magi find Jesus with his family namely his mother, Mary. And perhaps Joseph was there. Um, Matthew doesn't mention it. Uh, Joseph is still in the picture. He's having dreams. He's moving the family from, uh, to Egypt and back and everything else. Um, Mary and Joseph, these are people who had made great sacrifices to, um, to protect Jesus, to bring him into the world. Um, and, and in this small community, this small embodied community, is where the Magi can actually see Jesus, rejoice exceedingly, and then worship him with their gifts, take out the, the gold and frankincense and myrrh, costly gifts, and, and, and finally be in a place of worship and wonder and joy. Um, now, Mary and Joseph have both died in the Lord, but we still have the living, breathing family of Jesus. We call it now the church. We call her the church. Um, like Mary and Joseph, the church, the people of God, is made up of ordinary people filled with the Holy Spirit, all playing their role, all making sacrifices to reveal Jesus together, making space, making space for people to come and sojourn and find their way to see Jesus themselves. And as we gather together, as we hear God's word spoken and preached, 
as we um, see Jesus and participate in the sacraments of baptism in the Eucharist, as we lift up our hearts and our voices in worship and minister to each other and go out and serve the city on mission together, um, we reveal Jesus Christ to all who want to find him. And, and just one final observation I want to make is that we find these signs clustered together in this story. Often there's not just one, but there's a whole cluster of signs that are revealing Jesus at any given time. In this story, we see supernatural events, the scriptures, opposition to Jesus, and the family of Jesus all working together to reveal Jesus to the Magi. It's, it's an unfolding story. This is not a technique. This is a dynamic interaction with the living Christ who is alive and working. The same is true for us, my friends. We are seeking to know Christ and make him known in Chicago together. And, and we all follow the signs, this epiphany and beyond as he provides them. So let us this morning ask for the grace of God to be as dogged and as diligent as the Magi were in seeking Jesus ourselves. Let's search the scriptures together. Ask for more of the Holy Spirit together. Let's receive the gift of the church together. And let's, you know what, take risks to love our city together in bold ways in 2023. And I want to assure you, I want to assure you that as you seek Jesus Christ, he is searching for you. And he wants to find you. And he wants to be found by you. He is eager to reveal himself to you, and he is eager for you to reveal yourself to him. He is ready to make his loving presence and his glory known to us. And when we find him and when we are found by him, we are filled with great joy. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.